Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. Whoa, sweet man cave. Thanks. Serious upgrade. How'd you pay for all this? I got a home equity line of credit from Figure. I was approved in five minutes and had funding in five days. Wow, that fast and easy? Yep, the application is 100% online, plus no out-of-pocket costs, just fast access to the cash you need. How do I get started? Go to figure.com and get that serious upgrade. Figure Lending LLC, DBA Figure, Equal Opportunity Lender, NMLS 1717824. Terms and conditions apply. Visit figure.com for more information. For licensing information, go to www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. What's going on, guys? Welcome to the No Bullshit Fantasy Football Podcast, the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. Sorry. I, I don't know why I did that. <laughs> I just wanted to switch it up a little bit uh, for no reason. Just try to have some fun on a Tuesday going into week five. This is the Waiver Wire Podcast for week five. Yesterday, I put out a review of week four. So if you're interested in any you know fantasy developments from week four, you can go check that out. But you're going to put in your waiver claims tonight or some people do it on Wednesdays. Uh, so let's get right into it. Um, here are some guys I would add at the running back position. Now, I just saw that Tevin Coleman's ownership percentage dropped to 63%. So, you know, check if he's available in your league. You probably know if he's available or not. Uh, but if he's available, he's a must pick up. Uh, you know, Kyle Shanahan, we saw his usage with Matt Breida. Uh, we saw his usage with Jeff, Jeff Wilson and Raheem Mostert. It was super clear that Matt Breida was not going to get those gold line looks. Um, and with Coleman coming back, he is going to be that guy. Um, you know, Jeff Wilson was that interim goal line running back that they had. He will likely be inactive when Coleman returns. So I'm buying low this week if somebody has him. Um, I'm not sure if they're fully aware that Tevin Coleman, listen, they've been getting uh, into the red zone and they like to run the ball in the red zone. And that's why Jeff Wilson had two touchdowns in each of the last two weeks that they played in week two and week three. Um, so Matt Breida and Raheem Moser did all the work between the 20s, and then it was Tevin Coleman. So Tevin Coleman is the most valuable running back in that backfield as of right now. Okay, uh, Jalen Samuels last night was super interesting as far as how the Steelers used him. Um, they made adjustments for their new quarterback, Mason Rudolph, and that included creatively getting the ball into both James Conner and Jalen Samuels' hands. Now, Last week, Jalen Samuels didn't touch the ball once, but he was involved from the very first drive this week in week four. Um, He took direct snaps in the Wildcat for a few passes and runs, uh, including one for a goal line touchdown, um, which he caught, kind of faked it to Connor and ran it in himself. Um, And he was very involved with Connor in the receiving game. Both guys had had eight catches each. Super encouraging there. Um, It seemed pretty evident that Samuels' involvement and split with Connor was very intentional. Um, and there's no indication that this is a long-term strategy for the Steelers, but either way, Samuels is a top waiver ad, uh, you know, in case he continues to be this involved. I mean, he was lining up in the Wildcat um, and completed three passes for like 30-something yards, uh, even though that's only one fantasy point (laughs) in most, uh, you know, standard QB scoring. Uh, But, you know, like he's kind of like, 
pitching it to Connor or, or, or little like short passes to Connor, you know, as he, as he, you know, kind of wraps around, uh, for those not carries, but they're considered catches for, uh, for Connor. Right. And if you take away those three, um, you know, James Connor actually had the quarterback throw him the ball five times. Right. And then the quarterback threw Jalen Samuels, the ball eight times is one way to think about it. Uh, but yeah, so it worked. You know, the Bengals aren't the best defense in the world, so this worked on them. Who knows if it would have worked on some legit NFL defenses, but for now, they might stick with what's working and continue to get Jalen Samuels involved. Now, obviously, this is not the way that Mike Tomlin has chose to do it, but hey, they don't have Ben Roethlisberger anymore, so they're, he's letting his offensive coordinator get creative, and, you know, that's a good thing. Um, from Mike Tomlin's point of view. Obviously, that affected Juju Smith-Schuster. Um, you know, I think he only had five targets in the game. Uh, that's not going to happen often. I think, you know, slowly it's going to shift towards him. But, you know, they kind of want to protect Rudolph a little bit. And at the end of the, at the, end of the day, they want to get wins. Um, and they got one last night. Jordan Howard, uh, 56% rostered. We saw what he did uh, on Thursday night. Seemed like a long time ago. Uh, but you know he has run well this year in limited opportunity, and you know it seems as th- it seems as though Doug Peterson has recognized it, uh, especially how he used him on Thursday night. Now the rookie Miles Sanders, he's shown explosiveness. He's still developing though, right? Um, now since he's not playing in the red zone, Howard has the edge at the moment. He he saw Howard has seen five carries inside the ten yard line over the past two games, that resulted in three touchdowns. Um, and yes, Howard was probably on everyone's benches last night, and rightfully so, because he's been nothing but a touchdown-dependent running back who wasn't involved in the passing game enough. Um, he wasn't getting enough carries, and it was an even split with two other running backs. Like him, Darren Sproles, and and uh, Sanders, they were playing like 33% each. <laughs> so it was like a, a real split uh, you know, with three backs. But in this game, in week four, Darren Sproles did take a back seat so, you know, hopefully that becomes a trend to boost the value of both Howard and Sanders. I think Sproles only played a little bit more than 10% of snaps. Okay, so Rashad Penny didn't play last week. He should play this Thursday night, according to Pete Carroll, but, you know, who knows. Uh, he's only 58% rostered on Yahoo. I wouldn't play him because he's coming off an, a hamstring injury, and we don't know what the workload would look like. Uh, but I want to have him on my bench in case this becomes a closer split because of Carson's fumbling issues. Now, uh, an argument can be made that, you know, Carson had a, a good, a, a decent-sized workload, you know, just on Sunday, so they want Penny, you know, to be spry and ready and healthy for Thursday so that he could take a good chunk of that workload because Carson, you know, just, like, got beat up, like, a few days ago. Um, so that's that's possible, and that logic works. So if Penny practices you know, gets a couple of full practices in this week, then sure, I, I can I can get behind that. Ronald Jones, uh, 15 touches in week three, and that was the same as Peyton Barber, and he outperformed him in week three. Now, this week in week four, he outtouched Barber 20 to nine, uh, and he was more efficient in this game as well. So even with the same amount of touches, with more touches, he was more efficient with Barber. Uh, now, Jones was even given a carry at the five-yard line, uh, and he got that in for a touchdown to close out the first half this past week. So that's encouraging. Uh, played almost 50% of snaps. 
uh, Dari and Peyton Barber combined for the other 50. Now, we can't, and they, they were like around 25 each, something like that. And we can't have much confidence like in Jones like as a starter at this point, but you, you know, you're hoping that he keeps getting the work. Um, he's a high-end RB3 right now with the upside of being the guy in that backfield on early downs. Like, he, he, he performed in this game, and on top of that, he had some a couple of big chunk runs called back by you know because of penalty. So keep that in mind. He's a good if you need a running back, he's a good pickup this week, no doubt. Uh, Darrell Williams, if Damian Williams is not back this week in week five, I think Darrell can split another game 50-50 with Shady uh, since he's just as likely to get a goal line carry. You know, get involved in the pass game. He's a good low end RB two uh, start this week in PPR leagues. I do think. That Damien will regain his role with Shady if he's back this week. Like if Damien's back, I do think this turns into a shady Damien Williams backfield. Frank Gore, uh, he's rostered in 58% of leagues. He's averaging 16.7 carries over the last three games, and it is possible that Devin Singletary is held out through the bye, which is in week six. Um, and you know he'll be back at full strength by week seven. So if you need a back desperately for week five, Gore has been getting the volume, and he could be your guy. Um, hopefully getting that, that touchdown as well with some goal line work. All right, Naheem Hines, Jordan Wilkins. I don't know if you know if you have Marlon Mack, but he left the game last week with an ankle injury. He said that he'll be fine for this week, uh, but, you know, we'll see. I would monitor the practice reports there. Now, as far as this game go, like, if he does miss, like, I would bet that the Colts will be trying to catch up with the Chiefs on Sunday. So Hines, I would assume that he would be the guy on the field more to collect those targets uh, if Mac were to miss. If T.Y. Hilton is out as well, I think Hines gets an even bigger boost. Uh, now Wilkins is even more of a desperation play. You know the game is going to be you know have to be in reach for him to get volume on the ground, uh, but it's not impossible that it happens. Um, and this Chiefs defense, you know, they can give up big plays on the ground as well. So you know something to, to something to monitor. Uh, this week with him, and if you're super desperate in a deeper league, Jordan Wilkins can be a play. Jeff Wilson. Uh, <laughs> now, he exclusively handles the 49ers red zone duties. Uh, they've been getting a lot of those and succeeding You know, in the run game. He's touchdown or complete bust, and he's only playable if Tevin Coleman misses again. Okay, wide receiver adds Philip Dorsett, still available in, in, in a good amount of leagues. He had nine targets this past week, so that's encouraging. Uh, but the Bills' defense held it down. You know, left them only with two catches for 10 yards. I mean, I'm either buying him low or I'm picking him up because he has three great matchups over the next three weeks. Redskins, Giants, Jets, uh, and, and actually a couple more after that as well. Golden Tate, there's a chance that he enters the slot for the Giants in his return in week five, you know, moving Sterling Shepard outside. And if that's the case, Shepard is in line for a lot of tough matchups over the next several weeks leaving Tate as the best target at wide receiver. Now, with Daniel Jones showing some hope for this passing offense, I think Tate should be picked up, no doubt, if someone dropped him after drafting him. So, especially in PPR leagues. I don't want to start him in his first game, though. But, you know, if you're desperate, I don't think he's a terrible option. Uh, Deontay Johnson, you know, last night, you know, all the tension going Juju's way. Mason Rudolph, uh, you know, he's hardly been targeting him. Instead, he's been looking at Deontay Johnson, who caught six for six, uh, six of six for 77 yards and a touchdown. 
Um, you know, even though even though throwing downfield is in Rudolph's nature, they're kind of easing him into it, which is why all the the running backs got a ton of work. Now that long connection he had to Deontay for that forty three yard touchdown, Juju was actually taking the be- the extra defender with him on a deep crossing post route. They crossed, and it was Johnson who had who who was open, um, and that's who he threw it to. So it was a good play, um, but. You know, out of this entire rookie class, honestly, Deontay Johnson might be one of the best route runners, if not the best. So he has the tools to succeed if targeted. Um, however, you know, it's only a matter of time, you know, where Juju starts getting more work. I don't think four targets for him. I think I mentioned that he got five targets this, <laughs> on Sunday, on Monday, uh, but he actually had four targets. So holy shit. So four targets for him is not going to be the norm. Um, you know, they're going to start getting him more involved, but it's really about Mason Rudolph and, and, and getting him on the right track. Again, it's about the wins for them, and, and that's what they want. And it seems like, you know, Juju isn't going crazy trying to get targeted because he's on the he's on the sideline talking about Fortnite. So, um, <laughs> so there's that. Uh, Cortland Sutton, his ownership has dropped to fifty four percent on Yahoo, um, and you know we kind of had to figure out that the touchdowns were coming. He combined. For 247 receiving yards over the first three weeks while averaging seven and a half targets per game. You know, and the problem has always been like Joe Flacco isn't necessarily dependable. Emmanuel Sanders is still there as well. So, you know, if you consider Sutton like uh, uh, Alshon Jeffrey Light, you know, as a wide receiver three, you can potentially temper expectations while being pleasantly surprised like you were in week four if you started him. Robbie Anderson, Jamison Crowder. Now, we don't know if Sam Darnold is going to be back this week, but if he is, I'm definitely going to fire up Robbie against a terrible Eagle secondary, banged up as hell. Um, but the matchups, you know, they get better for Robbie after a few weeks. You know, they had Buffalo, New England. Obviously, that wasn't ideal. Um, against Cleveland, without Darnold, he caught four for 81. I think he'll be fine. Um, you know, everyone's down on Robbie right now because of that situation, but I think he could be like a, a long-term, you know, stretch run hero for, for a lot of fantasy teams. Uh, as far as Crowder goes, with Darnold coming back, we can potentially see him peppered with targets once again. I think he could be a legit PPR asset all season long, uh, running routes from the slot. So, um, those guys should be rostered. Cole Beasley, uh, he's had nine targets quietly. Um, nine targets or more in three or four games. Uh, you know, followed his week three 10 target game with a 13 target game in week four. So, he looks like a legit PPR wide receiver three. Keep in mind that it's possible that Josh Allen doesn't play this week because of a concussion, and the Bills do have a bye the week after that. So you'll likely be holding on to him until week 7 before you want to use him. So if that's not what you want to do, just wait or let someone else grab him. A.J. Brown hasn't caught more than three passes in any game this season. Uh, Took three for 100 in week 4, three for 94, and two touchdowns this past week. But the Titans offense has way too much variance for me to trust A.J. Brown, you know, if he's not getting the type of volume that we want to see. Corey Davis out-targeted him, had more receiving yards than him in week four, so I'm not too excited to pick up Brown right now. Andy Isabella, I think, you know, so during the preseason, he was a slot backup, right? He played on 56 slot snaps to only nine out wide, and if Christian Kirk's injury deems to be serious, Isabella will likely get opportunity right away. Uh, I think he's a sneaky high upside pickup. You know, Cliff Kingsbury likes to funnel targets to his slot wide receivers, and if Isabella's going to be there, he has a big playability. So um, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at him as a sneaky option this week. 
Another one is Dante Pettis. He's a sneaky sneaky pickup as well. Um, he was back involved somewhat in week three, caught four or five targets for only 20 yards, but he did grab a touchdown. So, you know, after the bye that they had in week four, we can see an uptick in usage for him. Um, the 49ers wide receiver situation is still in flux, so I'm grabbing him now in case he has a big game instead of fighting for him on waivers the following week if he blows up. A couple guys that I want to add at tight end if I, if I need some tight end help. Uh, Chris Herndon is probably my first option if he's available. Um, you know, if you missed out on Will Disley, I think Herndon is probably one of the last legit options you, you'll get on the waiver wire. Uh, he'll be back in week six. So if you need a tight end for this week, he's not your guy. Although he is worth keeping on your bench for a week if you need a long-term guy. Jack Doyle saw eight targets in the absence of T.Y. Hilton this past week. Uh, can potentially, you know, be a go-to once again against the Chiefs if Hilton doesn't go. Ben Watson, he's coming back from suspension in week five. Patriots need tight end help. I don't think they need his help so bad in the passing game, but it is possible that he has a sizable role there. We'll see. He's a speculative ad. I'm not sure the Patriots want to run so much 11 personnel. Even if they do, there's still a tight end in that personnel package, you know, so his role can be, you know, all over the place. We'll see. Tyler Eifert against Arizona. Uh, notice I just didn't say Tyler Eifert. <laughs> it's only because it's him versus Arizona. Uh, he had an end zone target last night too, so there's that. Um, here are the game logs against Arizona for tight ends. TJ Hawkinson, 6 for, th- six for 131 and a touchdown. Mark Andrews, 8 for 112 and a touchdown. Hayden Hurst also had a touchdown in that game. Greg Olson, 6 for 75 and two touchdowns. Will Disley, 7 for 57 and one touchdown. So, Eifert. Jimmy Graham, he had a good game against Philly secondary. He goes up against Dallas in week five. Uh, Evan Ingram had a great game against them. Uh, but, you know, that's Evan Ingram. I think Jimmy Graham's still a desperate option. Uh, but, you know, I get that a lot of us are desperate at the tight end position. Okay, quarterback streamers, Andy Dalton against Arizona. I know after Monday night, you're like, what? I am not playing Andy Dalton. But, listen, he always shits the bed on prime, in prime time. Um, it was just a terrible game. Their offensive line isn't isn't great, but Arizona's defense isn't as good as Pittsburgh's is. Um, he's in a good system, right? His defense sucks. He he has high pass volume. He's at home, so and Arizona's giving up a shit a shit ton of points to quarterback. So I'm back in, just like how I was back in on Matt Stafford last week after his shitty game. It worked out. Jacoby Brissett in Kansas City. Uh, Brissett, you know, he did a pretty good job this past week without T. Y. Hilton, and he's been a steady fantasy quarterback this year. So I feel pretty safe with him while trying to come back against Kansas City. There should be some volume there, maybe some uh, yards on the ground too. Sam Darnold, I'm reaching a little bit here. But, and yes, I'll acknowledge that it's very risky playing him in his first week back uh, if he even plays, but it's a great matchup, you know, against Philly. Um, If his spleen doesn't burst, he should provide a solid fantasy day against a non-existent Eagles secondary. A couple of defensive streamers, Buffalo at Tennessee, uh, they played well against New England this past week and had a solid showing, had solid showings against subpar offenses so far. So Tennessee being a subpar offense, Buffalo can be okay there. Cleveland in San Francisco, the San Francisco offense isn't one to be scared of and the Cleveland defense has been putting up some fantasy points for three straight weeks, even against the Rams in week three. So they're a little sneaky. New Orleans against Tampa Bay, obviously this can backfire. Tampa Bay just scored 50-something points. So you're like, what the fuck? Am I going to really put in you know, a defense going up against Tampa Bay? But 
it can also work out the other way because we know how James Winston is. He's so up and down that New Orleans can surprise. Um, they did just that this past week against Dak Prescott and a rolling Dallas offense. So keep that in mind. Uh, San Francisco against Cleveland the other way. Um, the 49ers defense has looked pretty good over the first three weeks, even though Baltimore couldn't get it done this past week. San Francisco can take advantage of the fact that Cleveland was sacked a combined 11 times over the first three weeks. Over that same span, the 49ers have nine. So, you know, there's some opportunity for some sacks, and sacks lead to bad decisions by quarterbacks. Tennessee against Buffalo in that same game. Uh, If Josh Allen is out, they're going to be forced to play Matt Barkley once again. I think Tennessee can take advantage of that. That's it, guys. That's all I have for you this week uh, for waiver wires. Um, if you have any questions, hit me up at Upper Hand Fantasy on Instagram. Um, I really appreciate you guys. Anybody who listens to this, um, I try to make this not that long so you can kind of get through it uh, and get about your day. Um, but yeah, if you have any feedback, I would love to hear it. Hit me up. Um, I, I just, I just really, really appreciate you guys taking out the time to listen to this, read my articles, um, and just pay attention to what I'm doing. I, I really do. So again, I'm Faraz Siddiqui. Um, really good talking to talking to you guys, and I will be back uh, with a podcast tomorrow morning, talking about Week Five running backs, and then on Thursday morning, Week Five wide receivers. Take it easy. <laughs>